Welcome back to Sanity. I'm Shane Gordon. Thanks for joining me today. Two employees at Houghton University in New York, which is a Christian university, were fired for including their pronouns in their email signature. Plus, something has employers even angrier than quiet quitting. And finally, Matt Walsh is wrong. He's just wrong. Let's discuss. The Los Angeles Times last week reported that Reagan and Shua were terminated for refusing to remove preferred pronouns from their email signatures. It's important to note that the details in this story come primarily from Reagan and Shua themselves. However, a spokesperson for the university did state that, quote, Houghton University has never terminated an employment relationship based solely on the use of pronouns and staff email signatures. Over the past years, we've required anything extraneous be removed from email signatures, including scripture quotes. This seems like an important detail that was left out of Reagan and Shua's 50-minute YouTube video discussing what happened. Their claim is that including pronouns was important for two reasons. First, their names are uncommon. This led to occasionally being misgendered in email correspondence. The second reason is that they felt including pronouns labeled them as safe in the school's LGBT community. In addition to making a YouTube video, Shua also penned a letter to, to Wesleyan Church, of which Houghton is a member, arguing their views are outdated and problematic. Wesleyan Church, or Wesleyan Church, I hope I'm saying one of those correctly, their view of gender identity and expression is explained on a church website, stating gender differentiation is sacred, and gender confusion and dysphoria are ultimately the biological, psychological, social, and spiritual consequences of the human race's fallen condition. The letter states, in part, that our overall concern is that these recent changes demonstrate a concerning pattern of failure on the part of the current administration to respect that faithful and active Christians reasonably hold a range of theological and ethical views and, in turn, failure to allow for genuine dialogue about these differing views. Okay, so it's important to note that the school didn't even allow scripture in email signatures. A Christian school didn't allow quoting of Bible verses in email signatures. So obviously this is not some attack simply on some left or progressive point of view. It really does seem like the school just wanted email signatures to be simple, you know, like they used to be for those of us who learned how to properly communicate with email. You have something like sincerely or respectfully, your name, your phone number, your email. And if it's important, you would include your title in there as well. And that's about it. Maybe your employer requires the company website or uh, mailing address in there as well. But again, I think some of that starts to get into extraneous information. Just the basics is all that should belong in an email signature. Uh, and gender is not one of them, but we'll talk about that more in just a second. Next, uh, I worked in the Navy for 
almost eight years. Misgendering in emails is a common thing in the Navy or all the military because you go by last names only. You are known as, I was known as Lieutenant Gordon. There is no indicator of whether or not I was male or female. I, I just, I don't see why misgendering in an email is a big deal. Gender doesn't matter in email correspondence and in the majority of business correspondence, if you're misgendered, I, you just correct the person. I also, this is something I struggle with as well. How often when you're corresponding with someone, do you use a word that would indicate that person's gender? If I'm writing an email to someone, why would I write he, her, his, him, they, Zer, clown self? Like, why is any of that important in an email? I don't know. But misgendering happens. It's not a big deal. You correct the individual. And if it's, I can see it being like a, a, a group email. You just reply, go, hey, so-and-so, we haven't met. I just wanted to let you know I'm actually a she. I know my name can be confusing, blah, 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 whatever the heck you want to say. But that is not a valid reason to have pronouns and bios. We've been, holy crap, I mean... These people act like they're discovering problems that have never existed before. Okay, so Wesleyan Church's view on gender is also expected. I I don't know. Like, what what do these employees expect from a Christian school? This. The school has very clear beliefs and the church that they're a part of has very clear beliefs on gender. The Bible clearly says male and female, he created them, not male, female and other stuff, just male and female. He created them. And maybe you don't agree with that. That's fine. But the church agrees with that. The school agrees with that. The Bible says it. So if you're going to be working at a Christian organization, I think it's important that you do understand and honestly agree with those points of view and those beliefs that they hold, which kind of brings us into the last point I want to make on this is that self-defined Christianity is not a thing. I mean, it is a thing today, but you're no longer a Christian. The letter in part said that uh, the the decision to remove pronouns from bios is part of a concerning pattern that doesn't acknowledge that faithful and active Christians hold a range of theological and ethical views. And that because the no gender, excuse me, no preferred pronouns and email ignores that, that the church is somehow hurting people. Now, we we talked about this over the last few episodes regarding no one being born gay, but morality within the church has withstood the test of time and has withstood the test of time for a reason because it is valid, it's true. And when I say the church, I, you could apply this to any religion, but specifically right now we're talking about Christianity. It's valid, it's true, it engenders a better society it's it is not helpful to allow each christian 
to create their own set of morals based on what they think is or isn't appropriate. That's not Christianity. That's worshiping of self. That's not worshiping Christ. So I have no sympathy for these two individuals. And the article really doesn't go into it. It's obviously just a hit piece on a Christian church to reach some sort of narrative. This has been going on from obviously the church, the, the um, school pointed out that over the last couple of years, they've been working on getting people to remove extraneous details. Well, this pronoun thing with these two with Reagan and Shua has been going on for months. Like this wasn't a new thing. And to act like you were fired for pronouns and bio is not true. You were fired because you don't uphold the values of this school and the school doesn't have to retain you. They are allowed to fire and hire based on whatever they deem necessary. And honestly, upholding the values of Christianity on which this school is based seems like a valid reason to, uh, to fire someone who disagrees with those and publicly goes out there and talks crap on them. So yeah, I mean, it seems like a fair situation. I, I'm, I think a lot of us are getting tired of seeing these, these news articles that are just opinion pieces. This is not news. This is, this is just business as usual. And yeah, if, if you can't handle telling and this goes for any business if you if you can't handle being misgendered once in a while if you're so delicate that you can't handle that and you can't handle correcting someone i I don't know what to tell you like maybe delicate isn't the right word but it's okay like it's part of life and yeah christian schools have very clear beliefs and no employer should this is more of a general trend that we're seeing that the employer Employers, like look at Disney, they were not going to say anything about, gosh, I don't even know the real name of the bill, but the don't say gay bill. They weren't going to say anything until their employees pressured them to. We have moved to a time period where employers are changing their values to meet the needs of their employees. There used to be a time like, you know, the rest of the history of our country where employees were required to adhere to the values of the business and an employee would find a business that had values that aligned with their own personal values, or they just get a job and realize it's just a job and move on with their lives and don't define themselves by weird things like pronouns. So anyway, I mean, none of this is surprising. Don't work at a church. If you want to have your dang pronouns in your email signature. Okay. Now, if you're enjoying this content, please take a moment to hit that like button on YouTube. And while you're there, why not hit subscribe as well? If you're listening to the podcast, take a moment to follow rate and review any action you take, even telling me how much you don't like me in the comments. Let's the algorithms know who else may enjoy the content. Okay. Moving on. According to the street, two in five employees are doing something even more aggravating than quiet quitting. First, if you don't know what quiet quitting is, let me explain. It's doing the work that is written in your job description only and only working the hours in your contract. That's it. Said another way, quiet quitting is when an employee does not take on additional tasks outside what they were hired to do unless they are compensated for said tasks, including working extra hours. Now, 
here's my thoughts on quiet quitting. I don't see any problem with it. I understand why employers might be bummed or might be upset by it because they've been used to decades of getting every employee to do more than they were hired to do and pay them though, based on what they were hired to do. Not everyone has ambition to move up into a company, which is probably okay because not everyone can move up in a company. A company structure is an obvious pyramid where each level has less opportunities. Some people just really like sorting mail and they're good at it. That's all they want to do. They don't want to take on additional tasks. They also don't want to work overtime because they value family. I don't see any issue with that. I think the issue for an employer should only come if the employee you hired is not meeting the requirements for which you hired them, the job you hired them to do. Now, I know that even people my own age see that. Okay, I grew up and was raised to work as hard as you could. And I worked up into a management role with Apple in a retail store where all of my peers were 10 years older than me. I was very young to be a manager in Apple retail and I was successful. It's not patting myself on the back. It's just acknowledging like I, I, I understand that drive, but I also never thought that all of my employees would have the same drive as me. Again, some employees just want a job and they don't want to move up. They don't want to take on extra responsibilities. And as a side note, if your business relies on people working outside their job description and working overtime, you have a bad business model. You, you can't rely on the generosity of people who aren't invested in your business the way you are. Now, if it's a startup, that's something different. You got to find people who are all driven. You got to find people who are invested. Obviously, you promote the people who want to be promoted and want to take on responsibility. But yeah, I don't see any issue with quiet quitting. Heck, if a middle manager quiet quits, who cares if he's doing his job? If the employee is doing the job you hired them to do and are paying them to do, get over it. Well, according to the street, though, two in five employees now also have a side hustle. While this fad doesn't come with a fancy or catchy name like quiet quitting, it apparently is having a larger, oh, sorry if you heard that. I just got a text message. Let me back up. Okay. While this fad doesn't come with a catchy name, it apparently is having a larger impact on the employee's primary job than quiet quitting is, which makes sense. As the article points out, many of these side hustles actually are taking place while the employee is on the clock, whether they take advantage of downtime or take advantage of quote unquote flexible work hours. Employees are finding ways to work their side hustle while their employer assumes they're working on their primary job. And some of these side hustles are actually full-time or more than full-time jobs in and of themselves. The primary driving factor for these side hustles is no, no surprise, the economy. And according to the street, side hustles are common in all westernized countries and are much more common with millennials and Gen Z. So I think employees or employers, excuse me, 
I think it's about time they acknowledge the reality that the economy is not what it was. Heck, it wasn't what it was five years ago, but it wasn't what it was 15 to 20 years ago when these managers or business operators were in the situation of their current employees. It's not just been these last three years that are making the economy rough. Gen Z is walking, even if home prices hadn't gone up the way they did, Gen Z was already walking into a, or growing into a situation where buying a home was going to be very challenging. Where living in the area that you want to work, let's look at San Francisco. First of all, San Francisco is turning into a cesspool of a city topic for another day. But it's still incredibly expensive, but it also has the high paying jobs that a lot of new college grads are looking for. But even those high paying jobs don't provide enough money to live in this in the area that the jobs exist. So I think employers really need to acknowledge the reality of our current situation. And this kind of goes back to what we were talking about with quiet quitting. If your business model relies on underpaying employees to the point where they have to get a side hustle, you have a terrible business model. You have to figure out how to get more profit, more revenue, or you have to scale back. And Okay. Is this all on the employers? Well, no. Do millennials and Gen Z really need the money from a side hustle? I don't think so. Millennials and Gen Z are accruing debt. Now, millennials are the fastest, but they're accruing debt faster than any other generations that are alive today. That isn't, though, just because of the economy. We do see, and this debt also by the way, is not just from like student loans. It's easy to go, well, college is expensive. No, you take into account like credit card debt and millennials and Gen Z are accruing credit card debt faster than any generation before them. Why is that? Well, it's because we've told them they've grown up in a culture that very clearly defines what is important. And what's important is status and sex, but that's a different topic. So status is defined by what you own. Like you, we determine someone's status based on the car they drive, the clothes they wear, the gadgets they own, where they live, how big their house is. And this is what millennials and Gen Z, this is how they, this is all they know. So for, for decades we've seen, and this is brilliant marketing and you don't even know that it's happening, but we've seen TV shows represent, let's say, a middle-class family. So mom and or dad, whoever's working, they just have your typical jobs. Maybe they're teachers or administrators or janitors, whatever. And together, they're making enough to be middle-class. But the lives that they live are more like an upper-middle-class family. So in today's uh, world, um, you would see these people owning a couple cars or probably new cars. They have multiple big TVs. Maybe they have smart homes and speakers all over and the newest phones and nice clothes. And they're going out to eat all the time. And these are represented. These are supposed to be 
lower middle class, middle class families, but they're living the lifestyle of someone making significantly more money. So this is, this is great marketing because now all these people see this and go, Oh, that's the life I'm supposed to be able to live. And then they push well beyond their means and they go into credit card or they go into debt and now they're behind and they're struggling just to survive, but it's partially due to the choices they made. Is it completely their fault? No. Again, they were raised to pursue this type of overindulgent lifestyle. But now that, well, all millennials are adults and many Gen Z are now into adulthood, they at some point have to take responsibility because ultimately it just comes down to priorities. What is more important to you? Do you want to work a single job and have that be enough for you to live off of? Do you need all those gadgets? Are those important to ultimately important to the lifestyle you really truly want? And what a lot of people don't do and should be doing literally write down your life values and are the choices you're making aligning with those values? If not make new choices, sounds simple, should be simple, hard to do, but, but yeah, side hustles. Now, if you're working a side hustle, cause you ultimately want to start your own business, but you need an income, that's a completely different situation. But for some of these people during their flexible at home working hours are driving for Uber or Lyft or Amazon flex. They're doing things that is literally just for a little extra money because no one's going to make a career out of driving for Uber. I'm sorry if you could hear a tractor in the background. I hope it's not too distracting. They hate the field behind us and they're bailing said, Hey, today we might need to pause. Let me see what's happening. Okay, I think the worst of it's done. Let's continue. Now for the part I have been waiting for, telling Matt Walsh he's wrong. I want you to get the full story. So here's Matt Walsh responding to Anne, Am I the A-Hole? From Anonymous says, Am I the A-Hole for sometimes blocking the sidewalk in my neighborhood? There are full adults living in my home at the moment. Full adults. As opposed to half adults. Myself and my husband, my brother and my sister-in-law. My brother and sister-in-law are both in college and work jobs. My husband and I also have full-time jobs, thus we have four cars that are necessary for all of us to function in society. The HOA has a rule that if you park on the street, you'll get ticketed or towed. We've received multiple tickets from doing this, so instead, at night when we're all home, one of us parks in the garage and three park in the driveway, which causes one of the cars to block the sidewalk. Hey, real quick, this is kind of funny. I didn't plan this, but if you notice... This is probably, well, the college kids are Gen Z. The others, I'm guessing, might still be Gen Z or millennials. They all live together. They're all married, um, which is fine. You need to share rooms. They live in a community with an HOA. It's probably a nicer community. They're paying HOA dues. They've been fined for parking on the street. I'm guessing it's a decent home, decent size home. It doesn't have to be, but it's definitely a nicer home if it has an active HOA like this. Do they need that? No. No, they don't. But you have four adults living together, four, two different married couples living together because they probably think they can't afford anything else. 
If they're living in a neighborhood with an HOA, they definitely can afford something else. Okay, let's keep going. Now there's a state regulation that asks no one to block sidewalks for any reason. I believe it's the Disability Act. However, it's not enforced and there's no one in my area of the neighborhood who's in a wheelchair or anything like that. However, my neighbors are extremely annoyed that we block the sidewalk at night. It first began with them sending pictures to HOA and those photos being sent to my landlord by the HOA. Then they left a note on my windshield saying that it is absurd that we block the sidewalk and that the whole street asks us to stop. Okay. Maybe they don't own this house. Maybe they're just renting. Which now I think, well, obviously they're just renting if they had a landlord. Now I think it's even worse. You don't need to be, you're, I have rented in an HOA community. It was the dumbest decision I ever made. Stupid. It's expensive. You can rent cheaper elsewhere. Keep living together if that's what you need to do to save money. But why are you in an HOA community? Why? You don't need that. Gen Z, you don't need to live in a nice community. Just get a crappy apartment somewhere. Like that's what all of us have done for all of time before you get a crappy, cheap apartment. That's like the water goes from hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold. And you just deal with it until you don't have to live that lifestyle anymore. That's part of growing up. Okay. I'm off of my... Here we go. Yesterday, they tagged my husband and I in a Facebook post that reminds people in the neighborhood not to block the sidewalk with a caption that says, please read this. I was shocked by this because I've never even met these people, so I have no idea how they know our names. After we didn't respond, one of them waited for my sister-in-law to come home so they could yell at her to stop parking on the street. She says that a child almost got hit by a car recently and that old people have to walk around our cars. Are we the holes for blocking our sidewalk when we truly are not given any other option? No, no, no. And look, you're doing it at night, right? So you're, you're putting, you're putting, uh, you're parking the cars like that at night. You don't have any other option. What else are you supposed to do? It's, it's not actually affecting anybody else. And so these are our neighbors that are looking for a problem and getting. Okay. I, he's almost done, but I had to cut it off again. I, let's just start telling him how he's wrong. First, Matt is usually pretty good at acknowledging he's only hearing one side of the story. What is night? Presumably, if these people work, you know, normal jobs, which it sure sounds like they do, night probably starts at 6 or 7 p.m. If it's a community with sidewalks that uh, obviously people are having to go around their cars, it they're not taking it's it's not not causing anyone a problem. They're very clearly blocking a side. People walk. People go for walks after they get home from work. So just like, I don't know. Let's just, let's just hear what the rest of what Matt has to say. Being annoyed by something that doesn't affect them in the slightest. You need to calm down. It also jumps out at me that you said that your, your neighbors don't know your name. And I'll admit, I've been guilty of this, but it used to be that, you know, it used to be kind of like unthinkable that you would live in a neighborhood and you wouldn't even know the names He's of right. the people who live around you. I'm but now it's pretty neighbors. common. Like you'll live in a neighborhood, you can live there for years and not even know anyone around you. You never talk to them. And so that's bad enough. The only time they take an interest in you is to complain about how you park your car. Now they're the a-holes for sure. Okay, so obviously he's just wrong. He's just completely wrong. These he says the only time these people have taken an interest in them is to complain. Well, it sounds like they've been complaining for a long time. And maybe it's that the people in this house aren't taking an interest in anyone else. It also didn't say that they didn't know their neighbors. 
their neighbors knew their name. But the people who posted this didn't know their neighbors' names. And how how did they find out your name? Well, pretty I don't know. They asked. I don't know. How did you how do you not know their names? Okay, so I feel very strongly about this because I go on walks. Matt obviously doesn't live in a neighborhood that either A has sidewalks or B where people go on walks. Like there are neighborhoods, Matt, where people go on walks and it is incredibly annoying to have to walk around cars, especially a lot of these driveways. People like if people are blocking the sidewalk, you either have to go over their grass, which requires you to go like down and up and it mentioned old people in, in wheelchairs or who knows. They say no one has a wheelchair around them. They don't know their neighbors. So maybe someone does have a wheelchair. But what about a kid on a scooter? What about a little kid on a bike? If they have to go off the dang sidewalk to go into the grass, to go back up on the into the driveway or the road to then go back, they will likely likely fall. So now to get around them, you're having to go out the driveway prior, go all this distance on the road, which can you walk on the road? Absolutely. Are sidewalks safer? Yes. That's why they exist. So now we're going all the way on the road to the, the next home's driveway to get back up. Yeah, no, these people are wrong. I don't know. Park on the street. Rent something cheaper that you both can rent separately. I, I mean, don't park on the street. You can't park in the street. Park in the grass. We don't know. Is this a one car garage? If it is, okay, I have a little more sympathy. Is it a two car garage that they have a bunch of crap in and they could park another car in the garage? Considering this is an HOA community and America, I'd say, yes, this is a two car garage that they park one car in. I could be wrong. Anyway, that's wrong. Yeah, I mean, it does bother people, which is why people complain. It obviously bothers people. Get your car off the dang sidewalk. It's so annoying for everyone. Sidewalks are not for your car. That is all. Thanks for hanging out with me today. That is all I wanted to say about everything. Again, take a moment to like, subscribe, follow, rate, review, whatever you do, need to do wherever you're at. I appreciate you being here and we'll see you next time on Sanity.